again with episode number 15 welcome back to the common sense podcast my name is patrick and my name is antonia and we are two well (laughs) (laughs) one current teacher and one teacher figuring it out (laughs) funny how things change over time wow i i did not expect that to uh it 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 worked it worked it still works you know i still an educator so that that's still the thing such a huge part of your identity so yes you still are one yes yes it's just crazy (sighs) um Speaking of not working, I have spent a lot of time, and this sounds so depressing, even though it's not meant to come off that way, but I've been watching, like, teacher movies at home. Oh, no. But not, like, you know. Freedom Riders? I did go back and watch Freedom Riders, and I appreciated it. Okay. I appreciated it for what it was, and I left it where it was. (laughs) And now, okay. I, now I'm moving on. Um, but I did just want to quiz you on some quotes on some movies that I watched this week. Um, let's see if you know them. No, I don't watch movies, so okay. <laughs> but you know the classics. And the okay. whole purpose of this is that people need to go back and watch the classics. Because we don't have teacher movies anymore, but we used to back in the day, early 2000s. Back in the day, almost 20 years ago, y'all. 20 years oh, ago. Yikes. yikes. Did you see that high school that they, for their homecoming, they dressed up as early 2000s? Yeah, and they didn't have to do it. They did not feel so disrespected. <laughs> I felt so disrespected. They did not have to dress up. I just feel like, is that really old school? Are we really old school like that for real? I I don't want to think about it. So these quotes, let's go. Uh, First quote. If we come, (laughs) if we don't come together right now on this hollowed ground, we too will be destroyed just like they were. I don't care if you like each other or not, but you will respect each other. And maybe, I don't know. Maybe we'll learn to play this game like men. That's not lean. That's not lean on me. No, I've never seen that. What? Yeah, it's on my list. It's on my. Oh, my God. It's on my unemployed list. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Um, Hey, it's not. It's not on um, any of the streaming services. So I have to look it up. That's not surprising that it's not, but okay. I also haven't um, really looked that much. <laughs> um, yikes. Yikes. 
I I don't know. Well, it's a it's a sports movie. Oh yeah, then I really don't know. Oh wait, is it? No, it's not. Remember the Titans. It is. Oh okay. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you were not confident. I was not. Not at all. Um, this one I really enjoyed watching again. Okay, but when I'm at the B and they tell me to spell some little fish from Australia or some weird bacteria of the moon, we're going to wish we'd done a, a little bit more rote-morizing and not so much essay reading, if you don't mind me saying. Is that Aquila and the Bee? Yeah. Yes, that's such a cute movie. I should yeah. go rewatch it. it. You should. It was a classic. I appreciate it, young Kiki. Young Kiki Palmer. It's just really inspiring. We don't even talk, do schools even do spelling bees anymore? Is that uh, Yeah. Oh, they do? Yeah, my school is definitely having one. Wow. I wanted to organize one this year. Um, yeah. Um, you know, maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, this, we're not going to do this on this show. I'm just, okay. <laughs> we're not going <laughs> to do it. We're going to keep moving forward. <laughs> you, it's like every time it comes up, I'm just like, yikes, okay. <laughs> Um, I wanted to do a spelling bee this year. I thought it was just like a national organization or a national competition that like kids signed up for, but I didn't know that there were like local, you know, school ones that schools just did for themselves. You have to advance. So there's like, they take the, te- well, in my district and in my experience growing up, it was like they took the test in class and those winners competed against their grade level then they competed against the school then they go to the district grade level and then the district pool and then like from there they move on to if there's another level the thing about it is that we don't even teach spelling like that no more <laughs> so we don't. It's, like, it's like if if you don't get those patterns by second grade it's a wrap because nobody's teaching like phonics and spelling like that they're grading up yeah and if you're not a reader so right that's something we have to work on we have to work on any good news this week from you i'm going to another book festival (laughs) we know i love books okay you're on tour for that (laughs) i'm going to new york this time i have not been to new york in several years so i'm very excited but this time it's the well-read black girl book festival oh okay yes their second one i hate to say second annual because it's like you know people are they'll say like first annual and that's not a thing um but it's her second one i'm excited because last year i didn't get to go because tickets sold out so fast um what else is there? Grad school. I'm almost done with it. And we are one week closer to Thanksgiving break. Yeah. Time is moving. This year is flying by. Even though it feels like it's going really slow, even though it feels like we've been in school forever. Well, you know. Uh <laughs> Oh, I do have something else exciting. Um, Next week is Diwali and... Last year, my class, like, we really focused on Eid and learning about that celebration and Ramadan and all that goes into this um, observation of the time and, like, how they celebrate. But this year, none of my kids celebrate Eid. Mm. Um, And so, like, my focus has kind of shifted, though we'll still learn about it this year. Lots of my kids celebrate Diwali. So I'll get to celebrate 
that with them on the actual day um, next Wednesday. And I have parents coming in and we're going to do some stations and read some books and eat some sweets and have a good time. So I'm super excited that the parents um, share that they celebrate that holiday on like my parent information form at the beginning of the year and that they were able and willing to come in and take control of it. Now, is this just your class doing this or is this like a school thing as well? It's it's just my class. Mm. Yeah, I've I've shared it with my team, but I, I mean, I don't know if anyone is doing anything. So. And that's so interesting because I think for me, I was always, well, I've taught in um, schools that are pretty uh, homogeneous. Is that the word? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I just started asking what separate holidays do students celebrate this year. But I know that if someone said something different, how intimidated I would have been to making that happen in schools because I would have felt like I didn't know enough and um, I just would have been super uncomfortable. So how did you kind of overcome that to make sure that students' cultures were um, valued and, um, you know, it was present in the, in your room? Um, I think knowing I don't celebrate the holiday in I obviously don't have all the background knowledge that people who celebrate the holiday would have really helped me um, because I knew that I there was a potential that I would like mess up with whatever I was doing. Mm. Um, and so I just I pulled all the books and resources I have for Diwali and I sent them home with the families that celebrate it um, so that they could check over everything that I would be using so that they could ensure like it was accurate and properly reflected like their beliefs and what they celebrate stop that is powerful that's powerful that like you're acknowledging that a yes i am the teacher the leader of this room but i don't know everything and i don't know this so let me check with the family and put that power back in their hands so that they're like we're like so like we're all on the same playing field here that that's a gem sis Thank you. But it's like, it's something so small, right? But, um, you know, so many people and so many parents feel intimidated. That's a general statement, a very general statement. I think that in my experience, there are parents who have felt like, you know, have kind of painted me as like the teacher who knows all things. And I'm like, I don't. <laughs> but it's kind right. of. Yeah. to escape that label that stereotype we like we want to include parents more and like we just don't know how to do it and that's that's awesome i think just as like being intentional about what you say so i know i talk a lot of trash about people who create resources and like try to lead things that they have no experience personal experience with so keeping that at the forefront like moving on things that I don't have the personal experience with. Um, so yeah, I sent everything home with the parents and they, I even had a mom, she wrote like a whole hand wrote a whole page in response to every single book that I sent home. And like, I was obviously very thankful for that. And then I created like a group message because I use blooms and just kind of ask what they wanted to do and what they were willing and able to make happen. And they came up with all of it. And I, I realized that that's not, 
you know, that may not happen in every school setting, depending on like, I guess the time that parents have available to come in and do these things or, you know, whatever circumstances, but just making it an option. And I think even had the parents not been able to come in, I would have tried to still make it happen because if there's a handful of children in my classroom that celebrate this, like we need to be celebrating it with them and learning about it. Yes. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I'm excited. Share. I love the pics you're sharing too. So keep sharing them. <laughs> that sounded really fake, but I really meant what I said. Like, I'm, I swear I'm not being like superficial at all. We colored Dia's and I hung them up on the door. And the next day when the kids came in, they're like, where's mine? Where's mine? And I hadn't hung all of them up yet. So they they were not very happy with me. Um, but they're all hung up now. And I have a mom, one of the moms making a much larger uh, decoration for the door to put in the middle that says Happy Diwali. And we'll have it up all week. And I'm just hoping that, you know, as my kids come in and out and other kids pass our room, that it kind of offers some exposure for kids who may not be getting it in their classroom. It's like you walk away like, what is Diwali? And then maybe it starts a conversation. Bingo, bingo. Okay, so what about you? Good news. So this week has, it's been interesting. Um, (laughs) Being unemployed really forces you to do a lot of listening because you have a lot of time on your hands. Um, (laughs) And you're trying to figure out like well I'm trying to figure out kind of what is my next step um and so while I'm listening a lot of great things have been kind of confirmed for me so one piece of good news is um this podcast is sort of kind of a big deal in a little way uh, <laughs> like I was really just reflecting on kind of the work that we are that we've been doing on here and uh the role that this podcast is playing in conversations and education and with teachers and the fact that people actually listen. You know, like I I I'm always surprised by that. <laughs> like it's like I know people listen, but it's really interesting that people listen. I don't know. It's just it's very interesting to me. Um, and I've also, it what it's also confirmed that like, I have a village around me that is willing and ready to support me in whatever decision that I make next. So many of my friends and my family and so many of the listeners who listen as well, like have just been super supportive during this really 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 tough time um and as it may seem on instagram like it hasn't been the easiest three weeks you know the first week was everything was kind of new and in the air the second week was like grief you know and like some reactive depression almost and the third week is like okay i realized that i'm not back in the classroom but there are signs that are coming about that are kind of forcing me to look at this in a positive light, in a positive way. And so I think that my life, recognizing that my life condition is in a different space than it was months and months and months ago. And so with that, Mm -hmm. I can kind of move forward, if you will. So I feel like I'm in a good place. 
I don't really know what's next for me. And I think that I'm okay with that now as well. Um, and so I just, I am really just, just moving and listening, looking into the signs. I've gotten calls from former students and parents who have, you know, kind of further affirmed that I truly do belong in classrooms. And yeah. as you know, I've always said on this podcast that, you know, being a teacher is truly a calling and we should listen to the divine signs that are kind of past our way to figure out kind of what move we should make. So I don't want this podcast to be like a a somber, you know, podcast because Patrick's looking for a job um, or Patrick doesn't have a job. But, you know, this is real life and I just appreciate everybody's support i'm so grateful for that so i think the like the time to spend reflecting like on the work that you were doing with students and what you may want to do in the future um it's i guess a way of looking at it is that it's time that so many of us don't get like in the middle of a year right so it could Honestly, I think really change the trajectory, the trajectory of like whatever you decide to go do next year, because you're having all of this time now to consider like what you've done, what you want to do, this time and space to go into other classrooms and kind of affirm or change your beliefs about things happening in classrooms. And I don't know, it like while it may seem like something like not negative, but like while it is life altering, it could also be a beautiful blessing, right? Yeah, that's what it feels like, honestly. Like, yeah. Like I said, those first two weeks were like really, really tough for me. And the third week as well, because I'm balancing this like internal conversation with myself of like, well, what did I do? Or kind of just kind of psychoanalyzing my own self, my own actions but I think I'm trying to stop that (laughs) and like we really kind of focus on moving forward because as I've said before, I don't regret any damn thing. (laughs) Um, And what I want to continue to do is just to kind of refine my strategy of like freedom fighting so that I can be more and more effective. But, you know, this hasn't like set me back in any way. Yeah, yeah. I think that's important to know. I don't, like, my bags just not stopped. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) uh, I still have the same opportunities that I had before. I still have this podcast, I have other things. Um, Still going to NCTE, even though I don't. So for people who, for people who are worried about you and who have like, oh, I feel like I'm so worried about him. What, like, what would you tell them? I would just say, like, don't I'm not gonna tell you not to worry because I appreciate the worrying like it because in moments like this when you're at home for a long time it's like you can sort of start to isolate yourself which is why you're like I haven't talked to you that much this week and I say yeah no so I'm like <laughs> you can start like 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 you can <laughs> sort of start to isolate yourself and getting your own head and like you know like you just like you start to doubt all of your 
skill sets and your competencies and your like and your overall your your confidence and that's just because and we might as well just go into it now that's because like teaching for me was not a profession it was not a job it was a way of life it was a it 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 was a huge chunk of my identity like a huge chunk it was who i was or who i am you know what i'm saying yeah. and like when your whole life revolves around this like classroom this like these these students this school like i was really invested in the school you know what i'm saying so like i was creating this identity of like patrick a black male teacher who teaches black male students in the hood of dc like and i'm fighting for them you know what i'm saying like and i'm fighting the system on behalf of them and with them and so when you have kind of organized your life to be around that like okay i'm about to buy a house I'm about to go to NCTE and I'm going to speak through this lens and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I want to bring people in and I'm going to, you know what I'm saying? And then like, it's like snatched from underneath you, like, boop. It's like, hold on. Yeah. Wait a minute. What do I have wait. left? Oh, wait, nothing. That's scary. That that's the real Halloween yeah. tea right there. That, that was my Halloween. It's like, you know, this is my Michael Myers. And this is kind of a little, that's probably a little bit much. Maybe not. Okay. N- now people are really going to worry. I, it's not that deep, but it's like, like, don't try to. <laughs> what is he really saying in between all of this? Answer me a check on him. <laughs> I'm not going to message. <laughs> I'm not going to message Patrick. I'll message Antonia to see how he's doing. I did not mean to compare this to Michael Myers. Um, even though that's amazing. <laughs> There's a podcast called Halloween Unmasked. Everybody should listen to that. Yeah. Oh, Lord. But I don't remember <laughs> where I was going with that now. But, like, that's just kind of the reality of the situation is, as a teacher, it's a calling for us. And so we have to think about who are we outside of the classroom or should we even think like that? Like, that's the question I've been wondering and I've been wrestling with is who is Patrick if he's not a teacher? That's a real question. Like, how do you even begin to think? I don't either. I don't know. Because we become our, per- our, our profession. We're not like people and teachers who, or like people who have applied for jobs and we just show up. Well, some of us, some of us. That, I mean, I was waiting for I'm you to make the distinction. To but. <laughs> the people who are going to collect the check, I'm, I'm not y'all log off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them a second to close it. Hold on. Close the app. <laughs> okay, so I'm just talking to the to the to the dedicated teachers in the room. Okay, <laughs> so many of us have really worn the cape. You know what I'm saying? Like we have put on the costume and the mask of teachers and I don't think it's a bad thing. That's what I've been wrestling with. It's like, is it a bad thing that I've like taken on this profession as my I like whole ass identity? Like it's it's like, oh, who are you? I'm Patrick. Oh, that's Patrick the teacher and down in DC. Yes, that's me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I like as you were starting to ask me 
this same question. I remember telling you that, like, I think there's such a negative viewpoint on teachers doing that just because of how, I guess, the larger population views us. Because it's not an issue for someone to say, oh, this is blank the lawyer, or this is blank the singer, or blank the artist. Like, anything else, like, it's fine for people to completely associate their identity with the craft or work that they do. But it's called into question when it's when it's teaching, which I... I also really struggle with and a lot of times it's hard to make yourself stop thinking about it um, or even wanting to learn more or read more or do more like it it consumes you but not in a terrible well, that's way because I, teaching I is a moral any... profession right so so it's like why would why should we feel bad about kind of accepting this identity that of this profession that is meant to help people that is meant to to and, and in our cases free people and like take this like take this generation and like prepare them to do like the most like freedom fighting work that with the best freedom fighting work that we've ever seen why should we be ashamed of that because of capitalism okay. no no okay okay <laughs> say more about that <laughs> <laughs> Same no, no, I'm, I'm really kidding. Okay. <laughs> I think it's just because, like, once we put we place a number value on everything, that's that's when it becomes to be called into question the the work and time and effort that you're putting in for something. Um, but for me, like personally, it's like I I enjoy reading about anything to do with children and and child development and literacy and and how to teach math and like does that qualify as Outside of school, does that qualify as work? Like, is it okay that I am enjoying learning more about how to perfect my craft when I go into the classroom and when I'm working with children? So I don't know. I I don't. I think I've come to terms with identifying myself as a teacher. Like, there's no way to separate that. And can I, just, can I we think talk about I'm what okay that with means that. to identify yourself as a teacher. I don't even know, child. Like when you think about everything that I do and enjoy has something to do with the work I do every day. And I I think that's the most the simplest way for me to explain that. Um I don't know, maybe you can go into more detail, but like I I really like the things I enjoy reading have everything to do with education. The events I enjoy attending have everything to do with education and the work that I do with children and for me to try to fight that and say, no, I shouldn't be doing this because this is tied to my work and it's after work hours would, would take away so right. much of the so joy in my life. So to be a teacher is to be a lifelong learner. It is to be joyful. It is to be another way. Um, an, an avid reader. It is to be caring and thoughtful. It is to be strong and resourceful. <laughs> You know, and I, I wonder if a lot of that has to do with, wow, like, being Black. Um, and obviously, I cannot speak for everyone. But typically, and maybe I can try to find this the book I read this in, but typically, Black people go into, like, service industries where, like, we are serving and trying to uplift and oh. better the lives of right, like, right. the rest of the people in our community. Um, and, and teaching is certainly a way to do that. and 
like the teachers I had growing up, the the black teachers I had and the black teachers I, I knew, like the work did not end when they left school. Like that was an extension of who you were. And like those children were part of your family. And I, I even can still reach out to black teachers that I had growing up and like talk to them about things that have nothing to do with experiences I had in their classroom. Um, I don't know. I, I just, when you view it as helping your people, it, it becomes so much larger than you and just a, a job that you clock into. And so, as I've said earlier on the podcast, and as the conclusion that I came up with is, who is Patrick if he's not a teacher? He's still a teacher. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even if I go and I like Amen. take a corporate job or I work at a startup or a nonprofit while I kind of contemplate and heal from this like experience, I'm still a teacher. You know what I'm saying? Like it's that feeling of like when you go to the grocery store and somebody's kid is acting up and their mama ain't really doing nothing about it, but they just acting up down the aisleways and something inside of you is like, okay. Don't say nothing to the kid because it ain't your kid. But you know, inside of you, you just want to like get them together. You, you, you know, like it's that, <laughs> is that like, I don't know. Right. I'll be giving kids the eye, you know what I'm saying? When they be acting the fool in public uh, sometimes, but I got to be careful with <laughs> Turn around behind right. their mama back and point like, get her right. through clenched teeth. Because like, what it's you a doing? Who we are. I think, yeah, I think too knowing that like being a teacher is not confined. That's to That's what it really is. That's what it like, truly is. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But what I've realized is so much of myself, my confidence, who I am, who I was, came from going into those four walls every day. Not having that anymore is kind of shaking things up for me. And then it's kind of forcing me to kind of tap into that or tap into who I am, like in a variety of spaces. It's forcing me to realize that I was and that I am a teacher outside of the classroom as well. Like, I mean, and the fact that you are going and trying to find other classrooms to, you know, like, continue to learn about this this amazing profession shows that it extends beyond that for you though because if it if it was just those four walls like i don't know i feel like it would have taken a lot longer to make that transition for that desire to come out for you to still be in right. those right. four walls if that makes sense i think this is the best part about being in a career and not just having a job, you know, and that's no shade to people who have jobs, but like this, like this is, this is like why careers are super important <laughs> because like in a sense, like that's what we're supposed to do. I think like we're supposed to embody this, um, like the good parts of our profession and like use the like use these skills, use these competencies, like use all these things to help us to be the best person that we can. But I think where it gets tricky is that we cannot allow 
I don't want to allow the profession to kind of completely take over my whole life because yeah. when it's gone, it's like, you know, what then do you have left? And so I'm kind of being forced to realize like, what is it that I want to do? Like, what else do I want to do? I've had no choice but to think about, okay, like, oh, actually I do love writing. Maybe I should write something. I do love hiking. You know, like I'm also a hiker. I love that. I love, you didn't know that? Really? Oh, yes. I'll be up in the mountains. No, honey. I didn't. Yeah. Yes. Love hiking. Wow. Love, like, wading in the water and stuff. Uh, <laughs> I think it's important to, to know what you enjoy, though. And I'm glad that you're able, that you're at, at a place where, like, you're being... Like you're having to stop and slow down and recognize and pinpoint those things that also bring you joy outside of the classroom. Because for so, it's easy to lose sight of those things. And like you said, to let the profession completely take over your life, which like while it may bring total, complete and total joy to many of us, like you do need to know outside of the classroom, like what brings you joy. So, And I'm still a teacher. Yes, I am. Yes, you are. <laughs> and on that note, we'll take a quick break. Yeah. And we're back. If you have any questions for us, you can send them to commonsensepod at gmail.com or you can send them through our website at commonsensepod.com. Let's get into these questions. Okay, um, the first one's kind of lengthy, but I think it's a good question. So, put your listening ears on. That was really cheesy, and we'll keep moving on. Hi, you guys. Still loving the podcast, and I could sing praises all day, but let me get to my questions. My goddaughter is five and in kindergarten, and I take a real interest in her education. Her behavior in class is typical of an active five-year-old, but I would say 85% of the time, she's well-behaved. She finishes her work earlier than most students and is disruptive because she gets bored. She gets high marks consistently, so it's not that she doesn't understand the material. This has been happening more and more often, and she's had a few write-ups because of it. Her teacher doesn't seem to be mentioning write up. it. Write-up. Write-up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, let me finish, and then I'll comment. Her teacher doesn't seem to be mentioning it, but because of some of the things my goddaughter has said in casual conversation, it leads me to believe that she's not being challenged enough. However, she's not ready for first grade right now. Antonia, since this is your age level, and we're in Texas. What avenues do we have to make sure she's being appropriately developed? Also, she has a huge interest in science. Do you have any science-related book recommendations for her age? Okay. Um, the right write-ups. Up. Yeah. <laughs> write-ups, really? I'm wondering if it's, like, my first thing that I thought of was, like, maybe she's writing in her plan, like, folder, her planner. Like, surely she's not writing up a referral for this little girl or this child they didn't say well yeah it's a girl surely they're not writing them up like yikes you never know child because these people out here these days child they are suspending preschoolers yeah yikes. but I, i'm gonna assume that i'm gonna make i actually i'm not gonna make any assumptions either way interesting though okay for my kids in my kindergarten classroom, when they finish things early, 
I have an entire shelf of puzzles and just open-ended things that we would typically not get to that they're able to go do. Um, So there's no, like it kind of takes care of them bothering other children because they go and choose something that they want to do. Now, I don't know if the teacher has something like that, but you could ask like what early finisher activity she has, um, like ways that she's extending whatever the little girl is doing. Um, and then too, when you're having conferences, asking to see like what kind of work that she's producing, because a lot of times, at least in my experience, the friends who like zoom through work and they're high in reading and they're high in math, um, comprehension is something they could work on and and always their writing could always be improved um so looking in those two areas to see how she's doing and then for her science scholastic has great early readers for um like kindergarten first graders um just from a wide range of topics I would recommend like any of those I have several of them in my classroom and they're always the most well-loved and I've had to even replace a few of them so do you have anything that you would suggest though I mean honestly this is not a just a kindergarten issue or her issue um one thing that we really struggle with is we scaffold down but 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 we don't scaffold up does that make sense yeah like yeah I I kind of struggle with that myself like like we are so used to like trying to catch the kids up that we don't really push the kids who really, really need that enrichment, who need that pushing, who need us to give them more and more and more and more. And it's not equivalent to giving more work, more busy work. It really means that we have to kind of redesign some some assignments or assessments to really push their thinking so that they're not finishing work in five minutes, so that they're doing things over a long period of time. And some of that is a, you know, systematic, right? So it's like we're preparing for a test and everything that we do in schools are preparing students for passing a particular test and open-ended assignments do not really help students with test prep. So I think some of it is systematic, but, you know, we kind of have to push up against that. I don't know. So in kindergarten, and I, I've, I did it last year, but I haven't had to do it this year. Um, And in Texas, there's a lot of room to kind of be flexible with the children who need to be, who they know what you're teaching and they need to go a little further. Um, Maybe asking the teacher if there's like some kind of independent project that she could work on that's still kind of tying in what the rest of the class is maybe doing in in some way, but that it's something that she's, like working on gradually over time so that she is not, you know, finishing in five minutes and and off doing something else and not really thinking critically and and pushing her. Um, what's the word? Like pushing her to go a little further. So independent projects might be something you may ask her teacher about. And I, I wasn't sure yeah. if you were going to say something else. No, no. <laughs> okay. Independent projects. And then like, you at home can also do something as well, right? So, you know, if you don't feel like she's being challenged at school, like, you know, create something at home that she can be engaged in. But I'm still not okay with the whole writing up because she's bored in class. Like, that 
should not be a thing. And that's a conversation you'll have to have with your kid about that. But that's also a conversation you'll have to have with the adults because. (sighs) You know, a lot of people don't realize that that's why some kids are acting up. No, absolutely not. I mean, it's not like their kids kids are going to be like, I'm bored. You know, like this work is too easy. They like they 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 often don't say that. Or they'll do yeah. like three problems super super fast and they don't finish the rest of the work because they're like, okay, this is just not even challenging. Like the task and the assessments are, are not authentic. Like I don't really care about it. It's not really problem solving to begin with. So yeah, tons of things to do, but this is a real issue that we have to tackle. We have to kind of raise the standards in education in in our classrooms for real, for real. This is why I'm a fan of multi-age classrooms, but that's another. Ooh, okay. Our second question. Tips for the hiring process. How do I, or how can I be a standout candidate for a teaching job? I'll be there soon. What do you have to say? You can take the lead on this one. So I'm with you, girl. I've never, I, I'm, I need tips for the hiring process as well right now. Honestly, I've never truly had to apply, apply for a job because I've had some connection to someone important every job I've gotten. Um, So that's that. But even in those interviews, I always brought exemplar student work or assessments that I thought that I had created that I thought were cool. I brought like a class like a classroom website with me not with me but like I had it on a computer to like show like how I would organize things like I kind of wanted to paint a picture of what I was going to be doing in the classroom like if I was hired on the spot right then and there I brought a classroom website I brought assessments I brought student work I brought a list of like priorities but more so like there are people who are going to ask you, like, oh, how do you want to grow? What do you want to work on? And, like, have those things in your head. Like, who are you as a teacher? Or, like, what do you want to work on? What What are some things you're struggling with? How Like, how do you plan to contribute to the school community? Like, have all those questions kind of painted out. But, like, bring some artifacts with you. Got to bring them. I would say knowing something about where you are interviewing goes a long way. Um, When I was looking for my first job, I, because I love data reports so much, I went through like several schools and I looked at like information on, it was like several different topics, but I got a, a general idea of the school, like what their mission statement was, activities that they did with kids. Um, so that, in conversation, I could slide some of that stuff in and make it clear that I knew the type of school environment that they were trying to promote. I also brought in lesson plans and pictures of classrooms and student work. And I showed how I communicate with parents. Just you you need to be able to paint a picture of the type of teacher that you would be in their school. Um as much as possible, because a lot of times, even at job fairs, they're hiring on the spot and in the moment trying to see like, well, how would this teacher fit into my school? Having tangible things for them to look at, also, like it goes a long way. 
So, and then having questions yes, for them. I was also. just going to say that you have to, this is so important. No matter what profession you work on, like you work in teaching or not, you have to have questions because you need to interview your interviewers to see if this is really the place that you want to be. Is this really the place that you're going to grow in? Is this, or is this a place that's going to stress you out? And one of those questions needs to be like, if you're not applying in the summer, it's like, can I come and see your school? Like, I don't want to come with the schedule or anything like that. My friend taught me this uh, recently, Shaquise. He, he's, he's like, you need to go to schools when you interview and ask just to like roam around and not um, not like have a schedule. Because, you know, when you, they give you a schedule that you're just going to see the best teacher in the building right but like see if you can wander around see like the things that happen see what a day in the life is truly like for those students and for the teachers in the building like get a feel because I don't want you to be like so many of us who just want to jump in the classroom so we just jump into any school thinking that that's going to be fantastic and, and great knowing damn well we shouldn't have been in that school in the first damn place you know so yeah um questions tour if possible and i don't know for me it's very important that the interview feels like a conversation um if i ever left an interview feeling like it was an interview i mean i'm I'm not there now but like for me having a conversation is a huge like a plus sign for me um and it shows like that i feel comfortable with them and they may also be comfortable with me so and I don't know I don't want to say take like go on practice interviews but the more you interview the better you become at developing that conversation and having that conversation with people you're literally just walking into so yeah let us know how it goes let us know (laughs) okay um there were two other things that kind of came up one there were two other events that happened in schools this week that went viral on social media. One was a teacher who got into a physical altercation with a student. We're not going to be addressing that <laughs> because yeah. uh, it's just a lot. You know, there are a lot of things that go into play uh, with that. And a lot um we also won't be addressing the uh mexican costumes or the wall costumes in the elementary school in idaho because there's really not much to say on that besides three words don't be racist and on that note uh we'll move on if you have questions you can send them to commonsensepod at gmail.com or visit our website at commonsensepod.com do we have a quote this week yes we do in losing a school one loses a version of oneself a self understood to be a member of a community living and learning in relation to other community members We can think of this form of love as a logical extension of the Southern African philosophy of Ubuntu, frequently translated as I am because you are, or as Archbishop Desmond Tutu has explained the concept, my humanity is inextricably bound up in yours. Yes, we are teachers, but yes, we are still human. 
And I don't think that we need to truly separate them, but I think it's good to know that they both coexist with one another. And just because we are teachers doesn't mean that we are not humans. And because we are humans, we are still teachers. That makes sense. If that makes sense. All right, thanks. You know what I'm trying to go with this. You know. (laughs) Ultimately, like, that's just it. And, you know, teaching is not all of who we are. It's not all of, you know, it's... It's not our whole life, but it is a big chunk of our identity. And that's not something that we should be ashamed of. It's not something that we should be angry about, but it should force us to not ignore the pieces of us, the things that we enjoy that don't have to do with teaching. Um, those are still equally as as important because they still make up who you are as an individual. Before I forget... This week's quote came from Dr. Eve Ewing. Um, she's a professor at the University of Chicago, and she recently released a book called Ghost in the Schoolyard, which is where this week's quote came from. Any announcements this week? Yes. Um, I love books, and I love being able to partner with companies to do giveaways. So I am partnering with The New Press, and I am giving away two copies of Cutting School, by Dr. Noelle Rooks. It's about privatization, segregation, right and the now. end of public education. All right. So I'm very excited. Um, I wanted to let everyone know that I'll be speaking at Indiana University Monday. So when this episode comes out, I'll be speaking that evening. It's going to be really exciting um, to talk, you know, to have some real teacher talk with some future teachers out here in these streets. So it's going to be fun. And um, I'm coming back to Detroit. <laughs> so if you're a Detroit listener, hit me up because <laughs> I want to come and visit your school. I'm going to try to visit <laughs> as many schools as I can and see what's going on in, uh, in, in education and kind of keep my foot in the classroom, even though I'm not in the classroom. And by the end of the month, hopefully I'll have a job. So I'll keep you guys posted on that as well keep me in your prayers for real for real and we will see everyone next time i'm about to say in houston but not yet i'm just really excited about it and with that being said we will catch you guys later (laughs) thank you so much for listening to the common sense podcast subscribe at our website at www.commonsensepod.com and receive the episode a day early. You can also subscribe to the Common Sense Podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. We love seeing your reviews um, and reading them and it helps spread the message to other educators each time a review is posted. Yes, and we'll see you next time. 